0: What's up, everybody? This is Super Guy coming at you for Metas and Mutants. With the debut of Moon Knight coming up this week, I figured let's do a bit of background on who is Moon Knight. For those of you who have been long-time listeners of the show, you know that I am a massive Moon Knight fan. So that should be, uh, you know, no surprise to you that I want to talk about this. So let's get down to his origins. His first appearance in comics was all the way back in 1975 in Werewolf by Night, where he actually appeared as a villain to the aforementioned Werewolf by Night. But they started exploring who he is and what his past was and everything else in his first solo series, which came out in 1980, where you saw his whole death and resurrection in, by the statue in the tomb of Konshu, and you learn about his first uh, major villain and one of his only consistently recurring villains raoul bushman now at the end of the day he ended up carving off raoul bushman's face and that itself has become a bit of a meme among the moon knight fan community but it's also become a bit of a running joke within the marvel universe itself over the years Moon Knight has been prone to some pretty violent actions, including maiming people. During periods where he didn't kill people regularly, he would do things like carve a moon into their face. He's also... Like, that's on top of the fact that he's carved more than one face off before. And this has led to people such as a beast during secret Avengers referencing that in the current moon Knight run eight ball references that as like, Oh, please don't carve my face off. Please don't carve my face off. I'll I'll tell you what you want to know. Just don't carve my face off. Like all that stuff. It's been referenced a few other times as well. But on top of all that, Bushman is probably his most iconic villain, partially because of how extremely brutal their confrontations have been. I mean, when you maim somebody and carve their face off. and He's been killed before and then come back because of course he has. As well as Moon Knight, because death just doesn't take with him when his god is a guy who can bring people back from the dead if they're his avatar. What makes their relationship most strenuous is the fact that Moon Knight, under the name Mark Spector, which is his birth name, used to work for Raoul Bushman. At one point, Mark Spector was a U.S. Marine, And then after his time in the Marines, he served as a CIA operative and then settled on becoming a a mercenary alongside one of his friends, Jean-Paul Duchamp, also known as Frenchie. He has uh, worked for another mercenary, Raoul Bushman, and during a job in Sudan... Spectre grows a conscience with what Bushman was doing after he had attacked and killed an archaeological dig site trying to get antiquities. Uh, killing Dr. Alrone in front of his daughter and colleague, Marlene. So, this caused Mark Spectre to trigger and... Start fighting Bushman, and Bushman beat his ass and killed him. Not not immediately. Killed him, left them for dead. Mortally wounded. Anyone who isn't superpowered was one hundred percent going to die. Spectre started crawling around in the desert and ended up reaching the recently newly unearthed tomb. Of the egyptian moon god khonshu so when he dies he's revived fully healed by khonshu who wants him to be the moon's knight the left fist of khonshu and he chose to redeem his life of violence by protecting and avenging the innocent early stories definitely implied Spectre's just insane and that Khonshu was not real and then as time went on they made Khonshu very very real he's one of the entities from known as from the other void which is a dimension outside of normal time and space so that's how they in that And then since then, he's just become like a standard god. He's a god who interacted with the Avengers a long time ago, like the 1 million BC Avengers. So like Odin, Phoenix, Agamotto, the first Black Panther, the first Iron Fist, the first Ghost Rider. So he's been around for a long time. Then as things have gone on, It's discovered that Mark Spector has Dissociative Identity Disorder, though some stories refer to it as schizophrenia. There is a difference between them. We're not going to go into that here, as I am not a medical professional. But he has two main alter personalities, known as Steven Grant and Jake Lockley they originally manifested during his childhood but didn't really come out much until later on he's also had other identities that tend to be very very limited in their showings he had a unnamed red-haired little girl personality for a little bit. He had an astronaut personality. There was a period where Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Captain America were alternate personalities of his. It it gets really weird. And there are points where it's implied that Konshu is actually not real and is a, another one of his alternate personalities. And that kind of leads to the crux of a lot of Moon Knight comics. You never know what is real and what isn't real. Sometimes, and the creative teams really do play this up. Some creative teams say Khonshu isn't real and it's all in his mind. Some creative teams play him up as very, very real. Some creative teams have given him, you know, actual superpowers directly from Khonshu. Some of them say he's never had them. So, it's very much a an inconsistent background with him. Though, the majority of his stories, he doesn't have supernatural abilities. Outside of the occasional like vision and message from Konshu type thing. All his skills are more his natural skills. While he was in a marine, he would or in the Marines, he was a boxing champion. He has a lot of natural athletic ability. Uh, Throughout his time as a CIA operative and a mercenary, he made a ton of money by some real questionable things like investing in mining companies in countries he was going to overthrow the leaders of, and then reaping the profits off of that. So he's been a movie director. He's done... All kinds of weird shit. So he has a lot of money, and because of that, he does have a lot of advanced technology. But he's also an expert in multiple types of fighting. He's expert gun usage, everything else, and in not just his Crescent Dart guns. He can use regular guns with just as efficiently, if not more efficiently, than most people can. He has a high tolerance for pain, Based sheerly off of his own willpower, on top of training and experience and torture and all that stuff, he can tolerate a lot. He has died multiple times and come back, and he's even said recently, it was actually explored a little bit in the Devil's Reign Moon Knight run, that it's like. Talking to 8-Ball, who has also died in the past when he's in prison, he's like, you know what it's like when you die. Pain is what lets you know you're still alive. And that kind of sums up Moon Knight's fighting style. Fighting Taskmaster at one point, Taskmaster got super pissed off and stated outright, you've never met a punch you wouldn't rather take. And it's why Taskmaster hates fighting Moon Knight, because he instinctively copies the fighting style, which results in him taking an absolute beating, and Moon Knight can take a hit a lot better than Taskmaster can. So, we've we've explored briefly, but let's go into who is... Or who are the main personalities? Starting with Mark Spector. Mark Spector, as a whole, is very much just an average person. Raised Jewish, his father was a rabbi, Um, ended up having experience with some literal Nazi war criminals when he was a child, including getting tortured uh, against, I think it was like the Society de Sadiqs or whatever, so it was run by this guy and they like liked to torture and kill people and he ended up seeing it and basically barely getting away and the guy never went after him because everyone knows he's crazy, everyone knows there's something wrong with him so no one will believe him. So as but like his parents are like Jewish, he was born in Chicago, but his parents were born in Czechoslovakia and they fled to America during World War II. And he's he's definitely struggled with his faith. It plays a fair bit of but it plays out a fair bit in his storylines, his, his struggle of faith. He's He was born and raised Jewish. His father was a rabbi, yet he goes out and actively commits war crimes. Or he did. He's a, He's a war criminal, he's a mercenary, he's a murderer. He's abandoned everything that would have been part of his faith... And he's taken up an ancient, the faith of an ancient Egyptian god. And even that, he doesn't have a lot of faith in. He's actively opposed his gods multiple times. So, almost like he's a heretic within his own faith. Then, but he's sort of like you're the everyman of the group. So you do have, you know, your Mark Spector. Jake Lockley is far more of uh, your nitty-gritty guy. He's the guy who always has his ears to the ground. He's the guy who Always, he, Jake Lockley is most often presented as a cab driver. He's got his ears to the ground. He's, he's the one who gets information from low lives, stuff like that. He'll, he'll bust a kneecap if he needs to type thing. And Stephen Grant is more the wealthy playboy personality of it. And that's the one where he has made his living from, because as Steven Grant, he has uh, produced movies about the adventures of um, about the adventures of Moon Knight. It's kind of ridiculous because they they've even made jokes about how his secret identity is on IMDb. So, as Stephen Grant, he's also a wealthy philanthropist. He pays for all the technology and medical costs of the other personalities. He's known for mingling with the social elites. And he's like rubbed arm or rubbed shoulders or elbows or whatever that phrase is with Danny Rand, with uh, Wilson Fisk, with all the people who have money and influence, and then you have the Moon Knight persona. And this one isn't, like I said, it depends on the run, but he's not always a persona. Sometimes it's just who the face he takes on when he puts on the mask. So as Moon Knight, he takes on more of a brutal personality known as the Fist of Konshu or the Silver Avenger. He's brutal, he's punishing... He's effective. He'll beat the crap out of criminals. He dabbles in the arcane and mystic. Not that he uses magic, but more... Sometimes he battles ghosts that take over people who are sleeping or mystical buttons. Biological weapons infused with magic that can take over bodies and personalities and eats them from the inside out over four-day periods. He, he gets into some weird stuff. Some of his runs I could actually easily describe as Alice in Wonderland on acid. Which should uh, tell you how some of the runs take it. He's also taken on a personality that has become far more frequent and common nowadays, known as Mr. Knight. He puts on a simple white mask and a white suit, pure white, top to bottom. And this is the one he uses regularly to interact with people. In a superhuman personality, this is how he interacts with people. Initially, it started coming during the Civil War event in the Superhuman Registration Act, where he didn't sign it, so he went as Mr. Knight, and because that was how police would work with him. They made it a point to call him Mr. Knight, because if they were to find out that he was actually Moon Knight, then there would have to be... There was a standing order to bring him down, arrest him, do a whole bunch of paperwork. And the stuff that he often got involved in was regularly known as freak beat. So it's supernatural stuff that cops had no idea how to deal with, and he was one of the few superheroes willing to deal with all that stuff without a lot of questions. So they kind of let him get away with it for helping them. And currently, the Mr. Knight persona is what he uses to run the Midnight mission, where he sets up, he is set up in his own neighborhood, and people come to him and ask him for help, and he helps them because it is his neighborhood, they are his people, he will protect them. He's taking his God's mission, even if he doesn't necessarily respect his god who is currently being held in an Asgardian prison for trying to take over the world because, again, Moon Knight things just kind of go weird like that. And there has been a run, or a couple runs, where Konshu is also a personality within his mind. And during those runs, he's more the uh, big picture guy. He pushes Mark to the edge of his sanity, and he advises them. He sees the big picture where Mark, Stephen, and Jake do not. They only see their individual aspects. Conchu sees all of it together, and then some. And, like, those are really the main ones we do. We're not really going to touch the Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Captain America ones because those are literally just those characters as a hallucination within his mind. It was a weird run. It was had a few good moments, but it wasn't a great thing, and it's not must-read Moon Knight. The main villain of that was Count Nefaria. So, that should tell you everything you need to know. So, we did talk a bit about Raoul Bushman, but he does have a few other main villains, including Black Spectre. Another uh, war vet, Carson Knowles, returned home and found that his wife had left him and his son was murdered. This drove him into darkness and violence and everything else. He was struggling to get by, and then he got mugged. And that mugging was the final straw that snapped, where he basically beat the shit out of the mugger, until they basically killed him. And from that point on, he adopted the Black Spectre personality and persona as costume and everything else, and he sought revenge on the city that treated him poorly. And... That one, he takes on almost like a knight knight costume and uses a mace and beats the shit out of people. He also has Seth, who is a rival Egyptian god. Uh, Moon Knights come into conflict with him multiple times. Seth is also a super genius, incredibly strong and durable. And he's also been a foe of Asgard. On top of other Egyptian gods, not just, um, not just Khonshu and his avatars. Shadow Knight is an interesting one. On paper, it seems like a really good character and a counterbalance to Moon Knight. In reality, most Moon Knight fans, especially long-term ones, do not like him as a character because of how the writers have consistently portrayed him, and that is Shadow Knight. Shadow Knight is Randall Spector, Mark Spector's younger brother. He's straight up just an evil counterpart to Moon Knight. He followed Mark into the Marines, also became a mercenary, killed one of Mark's girlfriends, he joined a cult of Conshu. And was granted many of the same powers that Moon Knight has, but to a lesser extent. The last time he died, he was killed by Punisher. Again, this was before Civil War, so we're talking over 20 years ago at this point. And Punisher ended up killing him. Mark confronted Punisher about that, and he was like, you know you're only mad because I killed him before you could. I got there first. And it's was like, yeah, that's fair. Recently, and when I say recently, I mean the last issue of the Doctor Strange where it's uh, Klee as the Sorcerer Supreme. He was, Randall Specter was brought back to life. And again, the fan reactions on that are, Kind of torn because the writer on that run is one of the few that everyone thinks that can do it right, but you can only be burned so many times before people just like just keep them dead, no one wants to deal with them. So we'll see how that turns out. There is the Sun King, who's actually one of my favorite villains for Moon Knight because he was. He was initially a villain, and then became an ally of sorts. And obviously he's a, he's a parallel because he's sort of the opposite. Well, he's the avatar of Ra versus Khonshu, and Moon Knight being the avatar of Khonshu. One is more about the sun, the light, the day, the other is about the darkness, the moon, and the travelers at night. So, the Sun King was known as Patient 86, a former soldier, experienced abuse throughout his life, and he manifested pyrokinetic powers. Ultimately, he was placed in the Ravencroft Institute, a psychiatric hospital where Mark Spector has also been a patient of that also specializes in a lot of criminally insane supervillains. Carnage has been there, Norman Osborn has been there. There's been a few other guys who've been there that are big names. Like, Basically, if you're an insane supervillain, you've ended up there. But his doctor noticed a lot of similarities between him and Mark Spector, who was also a former patient. The doctor introduced him to Egyptian mythology, and where he took a fascination with the sun god of Ra, who's also the father of Khonshu, which kind of plays into the storyline he was in. And he just sort of burst into flame and declared himself the Sun King, the physical manifestation of Ra. And since then there was a lot of conflict between the two, and then ultimately he discovered, like, maybe I was wrong, you're not the guy, I need to kill everything else, and Moon Knight at this point didn't kill every villain he came across. So he was more listen, you work on yourself, you get yourself right in the head, because I know what it's like. And don't kill people, don't do that kind of thing, and we can coexist. We may not be friends, but we can coexist. And there was a and then there was some guy who like threatened Mark Spector's family. Ra found out, or the Sun King found out, got Moon Knight, and they actually had a team up, which was actually a really fun event. So yeah, like, those are a lot of his big ones. So, we have all that stuff. We can go into his skills and abilities and trainings. Mark Spector, as we briefly mentioned, is very athletic. How athletic you mean, though? He's on par with Olympic-level athletes. He has a background in boxing, acrobatics, gymnastics, and multiple martial arts, as well as training in combat strategies with the U.S. Marines, and further developed those strategies while he was a mercenary. His time in the Marines and as a mercenary had also left him with extensive training as a pilot. So while Frenchie is more most likely to fly him around during the runs where Frenchie's with him, because he's not there all the time, Mark is more than capable of flying a variety of aircraft, including planes and helicopters, as well as the custom built stuff he has. And while he never claims to be the world's greatest detective, he does have a background in detective work, and this is due to his job, or jobs as, you know, hunting down guys consistently. There's not many superheroes who don't have at least some detective skills. He is an expert interrogator, and this is heavily from his time as a mercenary and his time in the CIA, where he has learned... Multiple techniques, including through torture, uh, employed by military police and other paramilitary groups throughout the world that he's worked with. He's picked up a lot of variety and a lot of differences between them. He's an expert marksman, impressively accurate with thrown weapons, and he can throw his crescent darts with so much accuracy He can split a bullet fired from a gun in half. Which puts him among the top marksmen in the world. And that actually puts him in the same tier as Winter Soldier, Punisher, Bullseye, Hawkeye, Nick Fury. Guys like that. Guys whose whole things are... We are super accurate with everything. Mark is just as accurate with both guns and thrown weapons, and his uh, ability as a sharpshooter is with many types of firearms, both standard, military, and, and, and modified stuff, and weighted firearms, things like that, so he adapts very quickly to pretty much any type of firearm. On top of uh, that, he's a weapons master, most types of weapons that have been invented, he knows how to use. From from various types of guns to grenade launchers, he's an expert swordsman. He's an expert with the shuriken, uh, billy clubs, maces, bow staffs. Like you name a weapon, he's got. He's heavily experienced in it, and if not, a master in that type. He's also well-versed in multiple forms of martial arts. He's a heavyweight champion boxer, but he's also got a background in Judo, Krav Maga, Silla, Savate, Dambe, Eskrima, Muay Thai, Karate, and Kung Fu. He's proficient enough that he's fought Punisher hand-to-hand to to a standstill, and Punisher is arguably one of the best hand-to-hand combatants in Marvel. So th- again, that's just more of a comparison because he, yes, I'm sure Thor is technically a better hand-to-hand combatant, but you're also combining that with his Asgardian super strength and everything else. We're talking, we're talking guys on a level with Punisher, Shang Chi, Iron Fist when he doesn't use his chi powers, uh, Black Panther. Like that's the tier of guys he can fight with. Easily. And as mentioned, he has a very high pain resistance. And part of that is because he's been the victim of torture, part of it is because he was trained to withstand and take pain, and part of it is because he's just simply insane. He can disassociate to other personalities, so it's hard to torture him enough. Where he breaks because he just disassociates into another personality every time he comes close, giving each personality time to reset, so to speak. And to top it off, that could be enhanced by Konshu himself. Again, that's uh, that's questionable depending on the run but konshu's blessings have sort of made him more resistant to certain types of pain. Those same things have uh, given him telepathic resistance as well. Both mutants and non-mutant telepaths and psychics all struggle to do anything to Moon Knight, partially because he has training in psychic shielding, which is fairly standard with black ops groups but his multiple personalities and the fact that his mind has been touched by a God. Any mind touched by a God is altered. Not so much in the same way, like a mental disorder would alter your brain, but it also alters it in a way because you're having a touch of the divine into something that's not meant to handle it. It permanently alters and changes it, which makes him, much harder to read because it's not its not a human mind as you would see it. It's not like an alien mind. It's something completely different. That same thing has also uh, made him incredibly effective at fighting possessions and things that do try to mind control and possess people. During the Contagion event in 2019, there was a magic-infused virus of sorts, a fungal virus that takes over people, eats them alive, and burns them out. When he, ultimately, Moon Knight was one of the last heroes surviving, trying to do it, and his whole plan was like, well, how about I just give him exactly what he wants? I'll throw myself in there, everyone else is like, dude, you can't do that. And he's like, well, do you have a better plan? Because if not, we're all going to die anyways. And he does it. And the thing cannot handle it. Every time it tries to do something to him, it starts freaking out. And it's, again, possibly because of the touch of the divine, possibly because of his own training and stuff with psychics and telepaths and resistance to that, his own disassociative identity disorder. Between everything, things that possess your mind end up getting rejected and often have negative side effects to them. Certain, t- certain people who've done that have ended up functionally brain dead because they tried to possess him. And in the past, Moon Knight has had powers granted to him from Konshu. Sometimes it would be his strength, stamina, and durability would be affected by the phase of the moon. During the full moon, he would be virtually indestructible and unstoppable and on par with the Hulk. During a new moon, he had the ability to lift several hundred pounds. And then, you know, crescent moons, like, the more of the moon that showed the stronger he got. And that was kind of, that was a common one back during his days in the West Coast Avengers, which was late 80s, early 90s. It was officially removed during the Midnight Sun arc in 2007, where Kanchu said he was taking away the powers as punishment for Mark's disobedience. And since then, it's kind of come back or been ignored back and forth, depending on the creative team since then. Now, among his technology, we have his crescent darts, which are his most common and arguably among his favorite weapons. They're a signature weapon. They're kind of like the Batarang for Batman. It's a Crescent Moon throwing weapon, bladed, goes into people, cuts them. It's fairly strong. He has uh, a silver cestus, which is kind of like ancient gauntlets that are with uh, blades and spikes on them, so almost like weighted boxing gloves with spikes and blades sticking out of them. That he'll just beat the crap out of people of. He's used uh, an Ankh, which is an Egyptian holy symbol of sorts. Or an ancient Egyptian holy symbol of sorts. He's used that as a club. And he's had ones that he can use. Certain ones he's had in the past would glow gold in the face of danger. He's also used boomerangs, scarab darts, bola and a sansetsu which is a three-piece staff. He also has the uh, Mooncopter, which is, you know, a helicopter with uh, mounted 20mm cannons, uh, under-helicopter propulsion systems, self-piloting, and it's shaped like a crescent moon, because of course it is. Uh, that, and that has a speed of about 220 miles an hour and can go around up to 10,000 feet. He has the Angel Wing, which is sort of a crescent glider, again, in the shape of a crescent moon. So it's like almost like a glider jet that he can stand on and go through. It has remote control access for emergencies, stuff like that. And then you have his suit. It's received multiple upgrades throughout the years. But his suit regularly is known to be reinforced carbonadium. Not quite as strong as adamantium, but close. But it's considerably more flexible. The only way you can get something as flexible as, ad- as carbonadium for adamantium is if it's being designed by Wakandans, and he hasn't always seen eye-to-eye with them, given that he's kidnapped and beat the crap out of Black Panther, especially recently. Uh, It has gauntlets in the suit with dart launchers, flashlights, cable lines, laser-cutting torches. Some versions have almost jump jets at the bottom to allow for controlled falling when he jumps off of roofs, or to help with further jumps, like between roofs that are further distance, and built-in two-way radio. And he also has a glider cloak. It's not armored or anything like that, but it's more of a way that he can use it to glide from larger heights and steer his direction. That's all it is, almost like a flight suit. And that's about it for his technology that he regularly uses. Again, during that run where he was. his personalities involved uh, Captain America, Spider Man, and Wolverine. He had an energy shield to simulate the Captain America shield, he had uh, bracers that allowed him to swap between extending claws that resembled Wolverines and web shooters to swing around like Spider-Man. That was kind of weird and hasn't been touched since that run, so I wouldn't say it's a regular thing. And we're going to go through uh, some recommended reading for him. Uh, The 2006 storyline called The Bottom, written by Charles Houston and drawn by David Finch, It's basically the start of the volume five of Moon Knight. The first story arc is called The Bottom itself, and it's a sort of dark and gritty uh, telling of Moon Knight's fall from grace. It covers a good bit of his origins without having to go back and read a bunch of other stories and avoid some confusion. It shows what they're doing with it for this current run. And it shows Moon Knight getting more violent and more aggressive as he deals with drug abuse and alcoholism as a form of escape from who he is and what he's done. You have the From the Dead storyline in 2014 written by Warren Ellis and illustrated by Declan Shelby. This is the start of the seventh volume of Moon Knight. From the Dead goes on to question which of Mark's personalities is Moon Knight, and he's known to uh, do things like punch ghosts and deal with sleep experiments that drive people insane. Uh, the Lunatic, is the from 2016, is the start of Volume 8. It was written by Jeff Lemire and drawn by Greg Smallwood. And you see an exploration into the uh, into the psychological aspects of his mind. And it's more of a psychological thriller rather than an action story. And it, it's one of those ones that makes you bring up whether what is happening, is it real, is it fake, you don't really know. Now, a continuation of the Volume 8. A couple years later, it was taken over by Max Bemis and drawn by Jason Burroughs. And there's a storyline there called Crazy Runs in the Family. It's the third story arc within that uh, Volume 8, and that is the one I really enjoy with The Sun King there. And it also has another guy who's kind of a villain, kind of not, known as The Truth. It was also the Moon Knight run that took place during the Marvel Legacy series where they went back to legacy numbering. So even though it starts as the first issue of the Crazy Runs in the Family, it was the 15th issue of Volume 8. In the legacy numbering, it became issue 188 because it was the 188th Moon Knight comic. This one also involved was uh, Mark Spector having a child with uh, on-again, off-again girlfriend Marlene that none of the personalities knew about except for Jake Lockley. So that was a very kind of interesting one. And then there's one that's not necessarily a Moon Knight story, but it's uh, the third major arc in the Secret Avengers run from back in 2012, called Run the Mission, Don't Get Seen, Save the World. And this is one where Moon Knight was a recurring member of the team. It was written by Warren Ellis, and it had different artists for every issue. And in this one, you see Moon Knight, Black Widow, Captain America, Sharon Carter, Beast, Valkyrie, and War Machine all team up. And there was one, and it was in there where Beast actually made a joke about Moon Knight carving people's faces off. And also gave Moon Knight a special gun that was weighted so it would feel like his crescent gun. And he's like, why didn't you give me a normal gun like Captain America? He's like, well, we didn't want to upset you and change your balance. He's like, what, all of a sudden I'm too crazy to run regular weapons? He's like, I know how to use a gun still. Then later on, Beast is like, sort of awkward, because he just basically called him insane, and that's why he treats him differently. Which, coming from a mutant, is kind of hypocritical. And then later on in that run, he actually gets shot, and Beast's like, are you okay? He's like, no, no, don't worry about me. I'm too insane to feel pain, remember? It was actually really funny. (laughs) And I actually really enjoyed that run. So, yeah, that's a, a basic rundown with some recommended reading, his skills, abilities, his origins, his personalities, and some of his villains. I hope you guys enjoyed. We will catch you next time. Peace, peace.